0: Thank you for listening to Voices of Grace. As always, I'm Ryan Peterson. I'm with the communications team here at Grace Community Church, and our goal with these episodes each and every week, we want to profile followers of Jesus who are on mission in showing Jesus' love to others. And today, I'm joined by Deepak and Sydney John. The John serve as chaplain coordinators for the Rapid Response Team, which is a ministry of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They volunteer to help people that have suffered or been displaced Due to tragedy, and Deepak is also our Grace Mission Coordinator in Lindale. Um, thank you both so much for joining me today. I'm excited to talk with you.
1: Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you, Ryan.
0: Okay, so first, before we get into um, what you guys have been doing to serve the Lord, I do want to ask you both, if, if you don't mind, share a little bit of your background. Cindy, where are you from, um, and when did you come to know Jesus?
2: I am from Central Illinois, Peoria, Illinois. and I've been there, actually. Yeah. Oh, I have yay! Been there. <laughs> it's a good place to grow up. Okay. Um, and I was at a teen camp and gave my heart to Jesus. And really and truly, my whole life, um, I have always wanted to help the, the person that's left out. Um, the, the one that may be suffering or, or just not included. So, um, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus early, uh, had believing parents, and they took me to church. And so it's just been a process along life's road to, for the next thing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and Deepak, tell us your background for people that haven't met you. Uh, you have a fascinating story. Um, but where are you from originally, and when did you come to know Jesus?
1: Well, I'm originally from uh, Nairobi, Kenya, Okay. and I lived in Kenya for the first eight years of my life, and my parents were in education. My dad was a professor, and my mom was a the principal. They moved to uh, Illinois, Peoria, Illinois, and uh, so most of my life was actually in Illinois. And I grew up pretty much in the church and went to service and Sunday school and youth group and... Uh, and my mom was involved in CEF, uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship, so I was always brought up close to the Bible and uh, instructed. But uh, it wasn't until my um, my uh, summer 1995, between eighth grade and freshman year, that I went to church camp, Camp Adeline, and um, our camp uh, our cabin supervisor. Uh, talked to us boys and said, you know, if you were to die today, do you know with 100% assurance that you'd be going to heaven? And, you know, we weren't even thinking of those kind of things, yeah. but uh, uh, um, I knew in my heart I wasn't 100% sure. And so he took us to the chapel and talked to us, and he he stated that, you know, uh, Romans three twenty three, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I knew that I was a sinner and I wasn't perfect. Um, but he also said in Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God had made the way for my relationship with him to be made right. And because of sin, um, that hampered my relationship. And I knew that from what my counselor told me that I needed to get right. And so um, I talked to the Lord, gave, repented of my sins and asked Jesus to come into my heart, and that was a new creation. Awesome. And I was so excited about it, I wanted to tell my parents when they got there.
0: That's so cool. Um, okay, so you both, um, I guess, had been in Peoria. How did you guys meet? Was it in Peoria, or how did you guys meet? How long have you been married, and how did you get down to East Texas? I'll let Cindy talk. <laughs> uh,
2: we met through Christian Mingle. Okay. And we've been married seven years. And we followed grandchildren down okay. to East Texas. Gotcha. So, it's a good
0: reason. <laughs> yeah.
2: But Christian Mingle, we would have uh, never met without it, but we were both involved in the same things. I was involved with BSF Women's. Deepak was a children's leader in men's BSF. Same thing. Um, I led a Bible study in the, the women's prison, and the overarching is Peoria Rescue Ministries. Deepak. Volunteered as a nurse in the men's center. So we were doing the same things under the same umbrellas, but our paths would have never crossed.
0: So you were, but would you say you were both passionate about missions, I guess, before you knew each other, or did it grow once you came together?
1: I think we both were. Cindy uh, had already been serving as a chaplain with Billy Graham. Okay. Yeah, before I met her, and uh, and then I was I grew up in a church that was missions oriented, and so mi- missions was high on the list, and so I had uh, seen missionaries and and had the opportunity to go to Africa, Tanzania, and take my family there and do a VBS program.
0: Um, and Deepak, you are a cardiac care nurse, so I mean, yes, how did how did that evolve to? to missions, or was that a reason that you did take that up, or how did that happen?
1: Well, when Cindy and I got married, I wanted to be able to serve with Cindy um, together in in missions, Mm -hmm. and so um, God just opened the door for me to be able to retire early, and, um, and then we were able to go with Billy Graham. I was trained with Billy Graham, and then both of us now work as chaplains, where we work as a couple and go to a location where the disaster happens.
2: But then also, um, Deepak goes out as medical with Samaritan Purse. So we, we do both of that. And 2008 was my first time. Um, Hurricane Ike, Galveston, Texas, okay. was my first um, disaster to go to. And um, it, the ministry is a ministry of presence. Uh, do no harm. It's emotional and spiritual care when we go out, and it's um, born out of 9-11 Franklin Graham was at the at the scene, and they were sheep without a shepherd there. And so, this ministry is listening. It's listening and loving on people. When we get the opportunity, we um, share our hope in Jesus' name. But the main thing is do no harm be present with them, listen well, love on them.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You say that, um, having conversations with Shane Barnes, who does a lot like our grief share ministry. And he talks about so many times if you're going through tragedy or loss, there's nothing that you can say that's going to make it better, but they're going to remember who was there. Right. And that is just, just the presence. I think we always all feel the pressure of saying the right thing or saying this thing that's going to change their life, but it's more about just being there, I guess.
2: Yes, for sure. And the pressure is off because the Holy Spirit leads it. And if he is drawing you in, he is ministering to healing you, your soul. And we just follow the lead. Like if I'm connected to the person, Deepak's praying for me yeah, and I'll take the lead or vice versa. And you really just listen to where that person wants to go. And even though that person is in a disaster right now, there are 10 other disasters he's still dealing li- with from the past. Right. So, and, and you really, if you're listening well, you can figure out, okay, where does this person really want to go with this? What healing does he need? And of course, when you ask if you want, uh, what you need prayer for, um, that's also great indication to where their heart is, where they want.
0: One thing I can you know, you can, we can all tell with you two both is, um, and it's very inspiring. You guys are so passionate, um, about this, but when you, when you're in retirement, most people want to just relax, Mm -hmm. maybe do some traveling. Where do you think, uh, this passion comes from? And I, I mean, it's so cool that you both share it. Um, it's something that you both love, but I mean, where do you, is it just something God has always put on your heart or where do you think this comes from that you're not wanting to relax at this stage in your life? You're wanting to continue to love, um, and do what you're doing.
1: I think um, we have had a passion to share the good news with others. And uh, um, I think as a result of being chaplains, it opened up that door. And And we knew that um, as a Christian, um, this life is not about all about us. It's about God. And he's the one who directs our steps. So he will... Not everybody does this, but for us, God guided us to be able to go and serve in ministry as chaplains and to work, use our skills and abilities for his glory in our retirement years. We don't work all the time, but uh, when we're called, we go.
2: I think it's the joy. I mean, when you have a front row seat to see the transformation that God is doing, there's nothing better than that, than God drawing people into himself so it, it's even though it's sad and it's sorrow th- what's the most important is that relationship with jesus that hope that he gives and to see that joy when people when it clicks when people get it
0: i'm glad you you said that um Deepak, i want to ask you about a trip you took last year but first i do want to ask you because i think um you know when we see these images pictures of these natural disasters and I mean, just the loss and everything that comes with it. Um, I did want to ask you guys, in your travels, um, I, I think sometimes maybe you could be around this, the pain and death and suffering, and maybe you start asking questions. Maybe you even get angry or thinking about, like, how, how could God allow this to happen, like where our mind can go? Do the images weigh on you guys? Um how you see God, does it bring you closer to God? Explain to people when, when you're at ground zero of these disasters, how does that impact your relationship with God and, and how you handle the weight of what you're seeing?
2: Well, we weep with those that are weeping mm-hmm. and we listen well, it, God just has a way of ministering to the spirit. And we can see in the long run what he is doing in the situation. We may not understand it. Uh, So yes, it's hard to see the disasters. It's hard to see people um, at these times. But then we also know that God is working in all of our lives um, for his glory. So.
1: And one image that comes to my mind is um, I remember like in the Jesus film where Jesus looked out on the crowd and he saw that people were hurting that uh, that they were in anguish, uh, they, they might uh, have disease or whatever. But Jesus had compassion, and he reached out to them. And I think he puts that in us to have that compassion, uh, to know that we can go there and give people hope, hope in Jesus Christ.
0: And Deepak, I did want to ask you about last year. You had went to Haiti with Samaritan's Purse. Yes then they had a terrible earthquake yes then you got sick yourself yes um you had to be quarantined yes how did that i mean that whole thing the images i mean when we were getting the pictures um, i mean we were all praying for you but it just i gotta be it looked so uncomfortable <laughs> it just looked terrible <laughs> yeah. um but yet you're there dying to yourself okay. um how did that affect you
1: well i knew from the beginning um god had called me Um, I, I, if you ask Cindy, we were going up on vacation to Door County and, and I said, uh, I had heard something about Haiti and I said, there's no way I'm going to go to Haiti. And God changed my heart over the time when I was on vacation. And so I knew when I, when they called me and said, can you be on a plane tomorrow? I knew God opened the door and, uh, and then I, I talked to the Lord, and when I committed myself to it, I said, Lord, you're going to have to open all the doors. So I knew I was supposed to go. And when I got there and I got sick, um, I, I did struggle with that because, like you said, I was quarantined in a small tent. It was over 90 degrees and high humidity, and um, I was talking to the Lord, and I couldn't go out of the tent just occasionally. And so during that time, um, I struggled. Um, we and were, how many
0: days were you in the tent? I was
1: in the tent ten days. Wow. Yeah. Days.
0: <laughs> and so. <laughs> and people, if you folks, if you haven't seen the pictures, like it is not, it did not look comfortable at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're basically it was in the tent. dirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little pup tent. <laughs> yeah. For ten days. Yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, I struggled with the Lord, talking with Him, and uh, reading His His Word. I had my. Um, phone and laptop so I could communicate with people. And I asked them to pray for me, to help me to get through this. And I knew that, you know, after I got through this, I'd go back and do the work I was called to, which was being a nurse. And uh, God gave me the strength. Uh, God's word encouraged me as I read it. And and then people uh, would come by. They wouldn't be near me, but they would say, we're praying for you. And uh, I had one of the chaplains who would meet with me every time I ate so that I had somebody to talk to. So there were things God had done in the midst of that. And remember, we're in a broken world. So we're going to come across things because of of this fallen world that we have to encounter. But God works through those challenging times to grow us, to help us to depend on him and to help us to know this is – what I called you to, and I'm going to take care of you.
0: You guys have called this work rewarding. Um, do you have an example or a story that you could share where you've just seen God work in what just looked like a hopeless situation of pain and anguish? So many. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one that you can yeah. pick or that you would want to highlight?
2: And you know what, the Paradise Fires, because there was about 60 people killed and there was only one way out. And And where was was that at? Paradise, California. Oh, wow. A couple years ago. And so you drive in there, and what you see is uh, brick chimneys left, and uh, just everything burnt to the ground, and so many lives that were uh, lost. Mm. Um, But in that time period, we would hear um, story after story of people saying, you know what, I, I had. I was running after all the wrong things and uh, God has spared me. And now I'm going forward and wanting that relationship with Jesus. Uh, so many of them. We were there towards the end of the time of the paradise fires. Yes. Depends on when you go into a disaster. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, it wouldn't have been the same. But yeah, I mean, one man that was talking to us. He decided that the way out was too slow. The flames were coming both sides of the car. It was too hot. And he just thought back of his fire science, and he started praying. He saw a parking lot that he thought was big enough and drove into the parking lot parked there right in the middle. And after a while, there was another car, another car, All those people, probably about 20 cars that ended up not trying to get out of the fire, but staying there, ended up living when many of the people that were going out ended up perishing in the flames. Um, So, yeah, and one lady, she would hand me her phone and say, I can't talk about it anymore, but this is exactly what went on, and this is exactly how I feel. And she said, I grew up in the church but it took this to help me get back to the relationship with Jesus. And she says, and it's really all worth it. All the stuff that we had, all the play stuff, the boats and all the toys that we had are gone now. We don't have to spend time with them. We get to start out and try to figure out what's the most important.
0: Man, that's powerful. How does uh, experiencing that together when you guys do these things, how does it impact your marriage?
2: You know, going into it, there's spiritual warfare. God knows what you're going to do, what you're trying to do. You're loving on people with the overflow of his love. And actually, we probably fight a lot going into it.
0: Really? Beforehand. Mm-hmm.
2: Once you're there, you're focused. Yeah. You've got God's strength. Um, So you really do. I think we kind of recognize it yeah. now. um, but But then it does help, you know, when you see that. It really does help. Doesn't mean you shouldn't go to reengage with grace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I but I do think, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I was thinking the things you guys have seen together, it would have to make the small look. My, I I'm, from my own experience with my own wife, the things that we do argue about are just small and dumb. And I would think experiencing things that you guys have seen, it would probably bring more perspective. Like, is this worth? you know, arguing about or just, but bringing you guys closer to God um, in, in the moments that you share together with these people.
1: Yeah, I think uh, definitely when you get to a site and you see the devastation, you see that the things that maybe we've dealt with earlier before coming are nothing compared yeah. to what we're dealing with now. And so it really pulls us together to work as a team, to uh, be able to bring the love of Christ to the people that you're dealing with and to the
0: community.
2: When you get to the site, I mm-hmm. always, I mean, you cry going in, seeing the disaster everywhere.
0: I'd imagine you. Yeah, I'm a big crier, so I'm afraid yeah. I'd be in tears a lot. I yeah. think, is that is that difficult not to be in tears and like visibly showing that?
2: Well, you know what, though? You see the disaster going in, but then my cry, my heart goes out you see these hundreds and hundreds of volunteers yeah that's where my heart goes out yeah these people love jesus and love other people and are there for those reasons on their own time on their own money and people that's where it it really comes in when we go out as chaplains samaritan's purse has already worked at their house They can't believe that these people come here and do this dirty work, this job from all over the United States. They come here to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, they They can't believe that. So when I go in and look around and see all the volunteers, that's when the love of Jesus, the tears really start coming out. Now, I didn't answer your question. No, that that was a good. That was definitely a good answer. Um,
0: so, do you guys? Do you have anything coming up? Is it more? I mean, you don't know when tragedy is going to strike. Do you feel like you're you're kind of always on call when when God's going to open that door for us to answer?
1: You know, we we as Christians are always on call
0: because we have to be able to. Um,
1: for example, we had the ice storm here in uh, Texas yeah. a, a year ago, and our neighbor across the street all their pipes broke and we had to be there for them. you know. And I've got another neighbor whose son is an alcoholic, has had a lot of problems and I prayed with him. And so those are things that come across your path and you have to be ready to be able to act. And God gives us, um, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be able to deal in that circumstance at that time. So in a way we kind of are on call all the time, But as far as disasters, usually what will happen is we'll get an email or a call and then we'll decide if we want to go or not.
0: What is the best way, if someone's hearing this interview, I think that's so great what you said, we're always on call. Um, But if someone's hearing this and like, man, I would really like to be involved in in helping um, a natural disaster or some tragic, what is the best way, what would you say to them? What is the best way to get involved?
1: I would say, um, first of all, at Grace, we have so many opportunities to go and serve. And uh, we've taken teams uh, to disasters in Nashville, Homa, and uh, um, we've gone and served in uh, Mayfield, Kentucky. And um, that's an excellent way to just get exposed to serving. And basically, all you have to do is bring your stuff and go with the group, and they'll take care of all the rest. And so that's a good way to get involved. And then another way is through our missions organization. Um, we have the opportunities to be able to go to different places through our missions uh, group here at Grace. But as far as um, Billy Graham, you can go to the Billy Graham site, which is billygram.org, and find out about volunteering. Or you can also go to samaritanspurse.org. Um, and find out about volunteering in the different locations that they might have um, disaster setups at.
0: And Cindy can—I mean, anybody can can help. I would assume. I mean, you don't have to be like great in one specific area. I know you guys are chaplains, but um, if you just want to help, maybe you don't. You're like, I don't even have any real skills. Uh, I mean, do they want help from anybody if they're willing?
2: Oh, definitely. We have 80-year-old grandmas out there. They're taking stuff to the street. They're sweeping. You take the hammer, the opposite side of the hammer, you get the nails out of the walls. There is a job for everybody. And there is fellowship. So everybody that comes wants to keep coming back. It's like a big camp. For adult people like a youth camp you used to go to this is another fellowship you are helping people anybody can do it then you get to go back into the church they've prepared your meal and you get to talk about the god moments of the day because there are always many god moments of the day
0: so good and a great way to wrap it up and what a god we have well thank you to both so much um and i do want to thank you just for your service and your selfless a sacrifice. I mean, really dying to yourself and showing us how to love like Jesus. So thank you to both so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for listening. I am Ryan Peterson. This has been Voices of Grace.